Good morning, Redeemer. It's Dan Saunders here, and uh, I'm sure for those of you that have been following on uh, our podcast series, um, we've been running a, a few conversations with people within our community and outside our community, um, just looking at the the way of Jesus through through the lens of justice. And I'm delighted to welcome with us today Glenn Mitchell, uh, who is the Northern Ireland Director of Tear Fund in Northern Ireland. Welcome. Thanks, Dan. Great to be here. Good stuff. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, just in a nutshell, but I'm going to let Glenn talk a little bit more about this. Uh, Tear Fund is a Christian charity which partners with churches in more than 50 of the world's poorest countries. And they tackle poverty and injustice through sustainable development by responding to disasters and challenging injustice. And they believe an end to extreme poverty is possible. So, Glenn, um, one thing that I think would be really helpful for people um, is maybe just to find out a little bit more, how did even Tear Fund get to be that kind of charity or organization? What was the kind of story behind Tear Fund, its origin story? Sure, yeah. Well, what I, what I actually love about Tear Fund is that the, its origin was essentially like a move of the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. Um, just over 50 years ago, uh, it was Christians were, were responding to crisis in Biafra, which is now Nigeria, mm-hmm. where um, with the kind of advent of TVs in everybody's homes, it was the first time really that people could see the impact of extreme poverty in mm. uh, all people, real people around the world. Yeah. And so spontaneously, without much organization, uh, Christians wanted to respond and mm. they just start, started sending money to the Evangelical Alliance and said, look, We've seen this on the TV. This is not compatible with the kind of world that God wants. Yeah. How do we respond? We're just going to send you this money. And so mm. they set up, then Evangelical Alliance set up this relief fund, which uh, sought to respond to that. And then over the years, that's spun off on its own thing called Tear Fund. And uh, we're now reasonably large, uh, you know, talking millions of pounds mm-hmm. uh, uh, that we raise from the church and uh, respond in some of these countries around the world uh, because we believe that as followers of Jesus, Mm. this is just not the kind of world that God wants and that we're called to respond to it as the church. And uh, the other thing I love about the way it started was they adopted at some some stage, they adopted this uh, tagline, which was, you know, they can't eat prayer. So yeah, it's all very good that we pray. It's all very good that we kind of do all those kind of Christian things. Uh but. uh People can't eat prayer, mm-hmm. and and so we want to respond in practical ways. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of even that value of action mm. over maybe people's perceived idea of you know we just need to pray. <laughs> um, you know, both in tandem are really important, aren't they? So, yeah. what what are some of the values that kind of really define you as an organization, and? personally drew you to the to the role of uh, Northern Ireland director yeah look there's obviously loads of really brilliant organizations that are working in international development and mm. have been for a number of years and you've got all the kind of big uh, big charities that people will know of um, I think our our uniqueness is the fact that we're not just Christians who do development but mm. we uh, we are we are active in this way because of our faith. It's not just incidental, you know, it's yes. not like we're just Oxfam with the Bible or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. but 
um, there's a deep kind of theological underpinning to what we do mm-hmm. and uh, we believe it's the church's call to respond. So in, in the likes of the UK and Northern Ireland, we're seeking to raise money, raise awareness, raise prayer. Uh, but uh, the way we work around the world is mostly when we can is working through local churches mm-hmm. uh, because we know that you know when disaster strikes or when crisis comes, sometimes big organizations need to pull out for the safety of their staff and all that kind yes. of stuff. But the church in these places is is Still indigenous. There. That's where they mm-hmm. stay, and mm-hmm. they're going to be the last people to leave. And so, uh, we want to be there supporting them and training and equipping them uh, to do the work God's called them in their communities. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. And so, for you, that that kind of idea of partnering with a local church mm. was something that really personally drew you to the role. Perhaps you can tell us a bit about your own journey then through the lens of justice um, and poverty that kind of led you to kind of work with Tear Fund, even thinking about maybe some books uh, or stories that have challenged you and shaped your thinking. Yeah, well, yeah, it has been a long journey. Mm -hmm. So before I was in this role as pastor for church uh, down in Bangor, and um, that was a big journey to get into that to start with but of course you come into that because like you have a passion for god you want people to meet jesus you want lives to be changed and that sort of thing but kind of as i went along in that i began to realize well well, you know this is about so much more than kind of getting people to heaven getting people Mm -hmm. saved all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. but actually we're called to help bring practical real transformation and meet needs and there's structural injustices in our society that actually the church should respond to and that can be really tricky to navigate but one of the big turning points for me was I it, it took a long time but I decided that I preached through the book of Luke oh yeah and I did it verse by verse and I think it took about three it took more than three years <laughs> wow. to get through it and uh, at least you didn't do it word by word didn't quite do it word by word <laughs> but it was like sometimes smaller chunks sometimes bigger chunks uh-huh, but uh-huh. it took ages to get it through yeah, it, get, yeah. it, get us through it but one of the big themes in Luke is how Jesus responds to the marginalized mm-hmm. and uh, whether that is uh, is women or lepers or even tax collectors, mm-hmm. uh, people who are on the edges of society. So he does this brilliant thing and Luke records really well where uh, Jesus kind of goes around and goes, well, you, you religious people who thought you were in, you're actually out mm-hmm. and the people who you think are out are actually in. Yeah. And that was just hugely challenging because uh, he has this focus on the people at the edges and you know we want to do that locally but globally who are the people at the edges mm-hmm. um, and you see it with like you know vaccines for example you know we're at the front of the vaccine queue and no matter yeah. what we might think about vaccines and COVID and all that but globally there's people who are on the edges so um, that is kind of what drew me to it um, some really helpful books around good development. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend a book called When Helping Hurts by Brian Fickert and Toxic Charity by uh, Lupton. Yeah. He's a couple of books. And that was transformational as well because, uh, you know, if we just if we just kind of give handouts to people in need, that doesn't empower them. It doesn't give them dignity. Yes. It doesn't actually address the structural problems mm-hmm. for why they're not situation mm-hmm. in the first mm-hmm. place. Um, and so there's lots of good thinking and writing about what's what does it look like to help people lift themselves out of poverty and yes. how can we resource the church to do that. So and that's the kind of model that Tear Fund uses. So 
I had been exploring that just in my own life and thinking, mm-hmm. how does the church respond? Yeah. And then when I saw Tear Fund does that, I was really uh, taken by it. And was, I'm just kind of curious on that. Is, mm-hmm. it, would you say that Tear Fund's journey to kind of moving towards, as you said, kind of um, recognizing, as I've put it to people before, there's a sense in which um, charity kind of makes decisions on behalf of people yeah. with, an, a, you know, with a good intention of, I yeah. think this is helpful or good but it, it does a disservice for people who who have you know better ideas based on their experience uh mm-hmm. of what what is needed and so yeah i'm just kind of curious to know did tier fund go on a bit of a journey themselves to move from kind of a sort of charity mindset that makes decisions on behalf to kind of more of a, a mindset that kind of really wants to listen to people and find out what do you actually need and what what will work better for you based on your own understanding and decisions. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously Terrafront started with that um, crisis mm-hmm. in Biafra mm-hmm. and a lot of those, those critical moments. Um, the right thing can be just, you know, short-term help, giving handouts yes, to people. Yes, of course. But what kind of handouts? So we yeah, now give yeah. cash because, you know, we give cash vouchers, food vouchers, so mm-hmm, people can get what mm-hmm. they need rather yes. than us saying, well, you need this, we'll give it to you. Yeah. Um, you know, so we started there, and I think that is a good place to start. And um, you know, like even locally, food banks and so on do that. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But even locally, food banks are assembled. How can we move beyond that? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Tierfund has had a journey, and uh, you know, when we, we're working with local churches, we're wanting to say, okay, well, not knowing so much going and focusing on what are the needs in this community, but mm-hmm. saying, okay, well, we know there's needs. What are the specific needs? But what are the assets that you have here? What, are you, what does this community have in its hands already that mm-hmm. we can help? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they just need some resource and training or that kind of thing yeah. um, so that they can begin to uh, you know, create jobs in the community. They can hold each other up, support each other, yeah. and not have us tell them what to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's a whole conversation uh, about you know the decolonization of aid and mm-hmm. how uh, uh, if we sort of have this white saviour mindset yes. come in and fix things yeah. and we really have to resist that urge to be the people who fix things mm-hmm. and be the people who just will walk alongside our brothers and sisters and say well how can we do this together how mm-hmm. can we help shoulder your burden carry your load yeah um, so yeah I think it, ha- it has been a journey and it's a continuing journey. I'm sure we don't get it right all the time, but sure. that is a big principle that this is not about us fixing things. Mm. This is about coming alongside people and helping them lift themselves out of yeah. poverty. Yeah. That's really, that's really yeah. good. As you say, like it's, it's the old idea of um, not leading the way, but how do you come alongside and accompany people um, in friendship? Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's and and a lot of that has like a, a you know real theological basis. So when we mm. come to churches and start this process, mm-hmm. um, the first thing you do is kind of sit down and open Genesis one and go, oh well, look, you're made in the image of God. You mm-hmm. actually have dignity. You have worth. Yeah, you yeah. have value. Mm-hmm. You're you're called to kind of cultivate and create with God and uh, whatever sphere of responsibility is given you, mm. and. That's then where people's eyes light up and go, yes. oh, right, well, we don't have to be these poor beneficiaries. Yeah, yeah. We have agency. Mm-hmm. So it's it's deeply theological. It's not just like good practice or a nice thing to do. Yeah, it's, yeah. It comes from... It has a root. Yeah, it has a root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Brilliant. So you've been in the role now how long? Uh, uh, it has 
been what, like 14 months or something <laughs> 14, like that. So just okay. over a year. Just over a year. And in, in one sense, it's been a probably a very interesting time mm. coming into that role during COVID. Yeah. A lot of challenges, I'm sure. Um, and I'm kind of curious to know, since being in that role then for 14 months roughly, yeah. what things have surprised you? Mm. Uh, what things have challenged you uh, since beginning your role as um, Northern Ireland director? Uh, oh, this is a really good question. <laughs> the, I, suppose, I suppose one of the things that has surprised me in a really good way is mm. obviously you don't know much about an organisation really yes. until you're in it. Uh-huh. And you know, I am continually astounded by the sort of projects we're involved in around the world and the creativity and uh, uh, sort of just ingenuity of, mm-hmm. of people. You know, there's all these creative uh, things that are happening, that, you know, and over COVID, the way the church is responding, you know, we, like, we had, you know, people in Uganda making PPE for their local communities oh, wow. out of rubbish yeah. that they were able to recycle uh-huh, process uh-huh. and, you know, that kind of thing or... You know, we have these self-help groups where people um, uh, kind of club together their savings and uh, and then they can make loans to each other and there's all mm-hmm. these businesses that have started and yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all kind of comes from ministry of the local church and then it can really lift up the whole community. So there's, there's all these brilliant things. But the other thing that has really surprised me in a really good way is the generosity of the church here in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. And we try to connect with kind of like a whole suite of churches from your more conservative right through to, um, you know, newer churches and so on. And, uh, you know, once, uh, you know, it's like the Holy Spirit cap- captures people's hearts mm-hmm. and goes, yeah, this isn't good enough. How can we, how can we respond? And people really are so generous. Yeah. And that's been really encouraging, you know, so it's a brilliant, it's a brilliant role because I get to say, oh, I get to see people being generous up close and it's just, mm. it, it's amazing. So, so that's been good. I, I think some challenges do remain in, you know, there's, there, there can be like an old, old style mindset, like, oh yeah, we do, we do just go and give handouts and, mm. uh, you know, help these poor people out kind of yeah. thing. Um, and there's, you know, there's a bit of maybe education we need to do with the church here to say, look, what's good practice here? Yes. Um, is is actually a different, maybe a different approach to help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's like the title of that book, When Helping Hurts. Yes. You know, sometimes our helping hurts. Yeah. And so there's a bit of education we need to do with that. Um, and and just maybe some of the trickier political things, you know, we're, we are seeing uh, people being pushed into poverty because of climate change. Mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. The estimates are probably in the next 10 years, that'll be 100 million people who Gosh. wouldn't have been in poverty otherwise yeah. will be. And we're talking extreme poverty is under $1 a day. 100 million people. 100 million people wow. before 2030. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're able to say, look, it, we used to be able to farm this way yeah, because we knew the cycle of rains and all that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Now we can't, either because we get flooded three, four or five times a year or just the rain doesn't come anymore. So uh, the, the climate thing can seem quite abstract and political, mm-hmm. but actually, you know, if you talk to people in, in countries who have contributed very little mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, excess carbon in the atmosphere, they're, they're really seeing it day to day and are able to say, 10 years ago this, yes. now this, yeah. and 
and it caused all kinds of problems because uh, then people are obviously hungry uh, and can you know be malnourished and die. Mm. Um, so they maybe need to move from their homes, so losing their homes, uh, having to go to other places, um, which can lead to further conflict in certain situations mm -hmm. because if there's only a certain amount of land that's uh, that's fertile and can be used for people to live on. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, there can be potential fighting over that. Mm -hmm. So, um, all that to say, like, you know, we, we say something like climate change here, people can respond and, mm -hmm. and it sort of according to their political persuasion, but actually it is a real, it, it is causing real problems no matter what we think of the political solution mm -hmm. to it here. Mm -hmm. Um, so that could be a challenge with, um, some of, uh, our supporters here are some of the yeah. church in Northern Ireland that we want to bring them along and that sort of work of education as well. So, um, but saying that, saying that on the whole, people are, people are amazing. People yeah. are amazing. Yeah. It's so great. It's, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with someone else this morning um, yeah. about just a, a donation they set up specifically for a, just a, a person in order to help them with their, with their medical bills. Mm. And it was just something, you know, that as a small community they were doing, but she just said she was surprised how generous people were, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think that's true. I think people are very generous more than we maybe realize and give credit. And that's that's something worth celebrating, I think, yeah. as a community in this country. Um, you touched on, on climate change there. Mm. Uh, a bit of a hot topic, as you yeah. said, politically, you know. Um, you got to be careful sometimes and how you approach that subject. But I think for most people, undoubtedly, the evidence is there mm. to suggest climate change is real. Yeah. Uh, it is having a wide effect uh, on our climate, um, but also then the complexity of that in terms of, as you said, that has a, a knock-on effect in, in so many ways. Yeah. Um, but there is a definite link between climate change and poverty. Yeah. About a month ago, um, obviously in the news, COP26 uh, was, was happening in Scotland. Um, and I was just kind of curious to know how, how Tier Fund kind of connected with that, how you kind of got involved with that. What did that look like for you guys? Well, part, part of our work um, is, is around advocacy mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. trying to use any influence we have and kind of put pressure on decision makers mm -hmm. to make decisions that are good for people in extreme poverty yeah. and to really use use our voice to help encourage people to use their voice on mm -hmm. behalf of the poor. So, um, you know, we had a presence in Belfast and London and Glasgow and I think Cardiff as well, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to join the Day of Action, the March that was yeah. happening a few weeks ago. Uh, we had uh, quite a big delegation in, in Glasgow then. We did things like, you know, we had a prayer room uh, in the centre, city centre of Glasgow, which was just running constantly mm -hmm. uh, for people to come and pray uh, for decisions that were being made. But um, there, there's kind of lots that goes on behind the scenes, mm -hmm. working with local politicians and so on to try to get them to have this on on their radar. So um, that can be one of the more controversial aspects of our work because mm -hmm. people say, well, you, you're not supposed to be doing that. But, you know, there is this recognition there are structural injustices. Mm -hmm. This is one of them. So how can we how can we just try to have our place and have our voice there mm -hmm. to, to bring influence? Um, and so, you know, we had a lot of media presence and so on, some of our team um, on national news as, as well as locally. 
And, you know, we're there, we're praying, we're trying to influence, we're trying to do our best. Um, the, the outcomes from COP were, you know, probably a bit disappointing, mm-hmm. but we're going to keep, we're going to keep on this message because, uh, you know, it, it is impacting people around the world. Yeah. And it's the world's poorest people. You know, I think, do you know, if, as tragic as it would be, if your house flooded or my house flooded, it would be terrible, it would be stressful, it would be mm-hmm. upsetting. Uh, but we have insurance. Yeah. Uh, at least we should have insurance. <laughs> um, so things we covered and sorted out. I mean, there's just millions of people around the world who are not in that Don't position. That. Yeah. yeah. So um, one one of the big challenges is is finance. You know, governments have promised money mm-hmm. to other governments mm-hmm. uh, to help to address this, to make adaptations, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that money still hasn't been agreed. And if they choose to give it to them, are they going to give it to them or are they going to loan it to them? Thus putting yes. these poor countries already in more debt than the West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a real problem. Mm. Tier Fund aren't going to solve it on our own, but believe we have a we have a part to play in influence in that way and in encouraging the church as yes. well to be mindful and prayerful mm. about these things too. Yeah, brilliant. So when we think about say COP26 climate change uh, in the media you know mm-hmm. at the time it was very prevalent yeah uh, people were talking about it um, and then we think about even like hardly two two three months ago yeah. the situation in Afghanistan was the kind of hot topic issue in the media Redeemer as a church community like many others in the country and around the world they felt burdened to respond mm. and we were able to give to Red Cross as a community who like yourselves uh, we'd have people on the ground who can respond to short-term immediate needs as well as having resources for kind of mid to long-term needs. And as I think about Afghanistan and then COP26, it's amazing how quickly media moves on. And the phrase, you know, today's newspapers are tomorrow's fish and chips papers springs to mind. Therefore, how do we remain engaged and committed to specific issues particularly when we're just maybe overwhelmed with so many important and relevant things going on. Yeah, I mean, and this this really is a challenge. Mm. And it's it, it's it's a mixed blessing, really, because, you know, it's it's great for us to be informed about things that are going yeah. on around the world. But as you say, it moves on very quickly, mm-hmm. something else. And, you know, the problems in Afghanistan, for example, have, have absolutely not gone away. If yeah. anything, they've yeah. got worse mm-hmm. as we've moved into winter. So, um. I think on Af- on Afghanistan in particular, you know, we're looking at a situation where um, twenty three million people are facing food insecurity. So uh, that that is a, I mean, that is colossal. Yeah. That's a colossal problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have COVID, where um, there's there's just not the infrastructure or the resource. Uh, there's no you know oxygen tanks mm-hmm. and so on. So people are suffering with that. Yeah. And because of the fighting. In Afghanistan and some other reasons, there's 600,000 people who are displaced, have lost mm-hmm. their homes, mm-hmm. and the winters are brutal. So the, the problems are not going away mm. just because the news isn't paying attention anymore. I mean, we raised, Tear Fund was able to raise 800,000 pounds or so, mm-hmm. so far for Afghanistan. And our partners there and in surrounding countries who are taking refugees mm. have really you can spend that money and more. Mm-hmm. You know, we're mm-hmm. still trying to raise even more money because it's just so colossal. Yeah. Um. But then there's there's other parts of the world which have 
problems on a similar scale, but are just, you know, for whatever reason, they don't make the, the media, you know, so Ethiopia, what's happening in there at the minute yeah. is huge. And if that gets worse, it has potential knock-on effects for that whole region in Africa. And again, it's the poorest who suffer. Uh, so to come back to the question about how do we kind of keep focus, I think it there is, there is, um, you know, there probably is a need for us to go, right, well, you know, as a, as a kind of normal punter in the church, it's very hard to be informed mm -hmm. about everything. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's the likes of Red Cross or ourselves or yes. these other organizations who, um, you know, we want to be trustworthy. You know, people trust us uh, to to kind of keep an eye on these things and to assess, mm -hmm. you know, where resources are needed globally the most. And, um, uh, and, and I think that's, you know, that's kind of part of it to mm -hmm. find people who specialize in yes. these things and kind of trust them uh, and, uh, and all that. Now we do have a, like a prayer resource mm -hmm. called one voice, which you can sign up to just give it a quick plug sign up to our website. Yeah. And part of that, part of the reason why people like that is because you're going, well, actually you're a source of news mm -hmm. about what's happening around the world mm -hmm. that you're, you know, you're not able to see on TV or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because we're connected with all these situations. Uh, it's really good that isn't it the yeah. the one voice um, prayer resource you know uh, you subscribe you get an email it updates you with what's current um, as you say information yeah uh, <laughs> whatever you might think when you think about it in terms of COVID we have all sorts of information yeah good bad true false and everything in between but it is important to get the right information yeah. so people um, truly understand the context but as you say, then that that helps inform inform our prayers, yeah. you know, um, which is a really vital vital resource, perhaps the vital resource to to what you guys are doing, um, yeah. but for us as a community, as a church, um, totally, yeah. to be engaged with. So um, that's fantastic. Um, it's been really interesting just just hearing the story of Tear Fund. Mm -hmm. um, goodness, it's, it's so many things to kind of talk about, isn't there? Um, I think we were talking earlier, weren't we? It would be yeah. great maybe to, to spend maybe a bit of time next year maybe focusing in on specific issues like mm. climate change or mm. poverty uh, or even just thinking a bit more about charity and mm. toxic toxicity of that sometimes and yeah. how to do things a little bit differently. Um, I think there would be great, great wee mini-series perhaps in the future uh, would be would be wonderful for us as a community to do. Um, just bringing it closer to, to now though mm -hmm. um, Advent is upon us Christmas is coming yeah. um, I'm sure most people at home are already prepared um, I know I'm not <laughs> um, kids are already asking what they want uh, for Christmas from Santa and trying to work out exactly what we're going to get them but just thinking about for us as a community um, yeah. as we run up to Christmas and particularly our, our carol service uh, one thing we, we would love to do again is, is to kind of partner with Tear Fund in a really practical way um, so perhaps Glenn you could just share a bit about that for us yeah it's, it's really 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 brilliant um, mm -hmm. we obviously have a Christmas appeal uh, mm -hmm. that runs every year yeah. and uh, the way we have it in, in Northern Ireland is that with a very very generous uh, donor who will match fund mm -hmm. any money that we're able to raise they match it so you yep. have a pound it becomes two pounds uh -huh. um, up to just over two hundred thousand pounds and uh, uh, and so that's what we want to 
do really is mm -hmm. to try and raise money in that carol service to say look well you know what's what's our event about it's about yeah. god becoming human mm -hmm. it's the incarnation he moves into the neighborhood mm -hmm. and uh we want to be able to to raise money for churches mm -hmm. that are in neighborhoods in need and uh to really help them incarnate the love of jesus yeah. um in wherever it is they live so um so yeah i guess we're just inviting people to give generously mm -hmm. towards that the carol service and yeah. uh we'll see that money spent well yeah. in in serving our brothers and sisters around the world brilliant awesome so that'll be us on on um our, our carol service this year uh we're going to be particularly focusing our giving to tear fun and we'd love everyone in our community uh to give generously give what you can that particular sunday and i look forward to that yeah um, i really appreciate it so that, that's our time today um glenn it's been really good having you really interesting good uh, really good chat and i'm sure i'll have you back again soon definitely thanks Dan. no worries